Hey, welcome to the AOL Podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message with Pastor Travis Bennett. Spirit, we have a soul and we live inside of this body. How many of y'all know the body is important? The Bible tells us that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we've got to uh, be good stewards of our body. But he says you are a spirit. And so it's so important that we feed our spirit. We get in the word of God. We pray. We fast. We give. We, we feed those things of the spirit. And if you didn't listen to last week's message. I want you to go back and listen to that. Because that is the groundbreaker. In order for you to live a life of victory and overcoming your emotions. You can't win in life if you keep feeding your flesh. You can't just do what you want to do. You can't just say what you want to say. You can't just be what you want to be. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Well, pastor, I want the things. Well, are you seeking the things of God? And that's feeding the spirit of God. And when you feed the spirit, last week I had two different piggy banks. And if you feed the flesh, when something big happens, you get the phone call or something detrimental happens, you will operate in the flesh. You will get worried. You'll have anxiety. It will be easy for you, for the enemy to come and say, hey, I'm taking you out. But when you get in the spirit, you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm more than a conqueror. God come to give me life and life more abundantly. But today, I, I, I want to go ahead and hit this and give you some practical things, some solutions of how we can overcome mental and emotional health. How many of y'all know in America today and across the world, mental and emotional health, it's a big deal? In fact, even before 2020, the pandemic that happened, now it made these things skyrocket during that time. But loneliness is at an all-time high in America. Suicide is at an all-time high in America. You will... I couldn't believe this, but just in America alone, the, the dollars that are spent on medicine and psychiatrists and all different things for depression and mental health, it's over $200 billion a year. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for the men and women uh, that, are, that, that are counselors and know, know how to listen to people and they're professionals. People call all the time and say, Pastor, I'd like to meet with you. And those of you that have met with me before, it's usually very simple. It's very basic. Like, Pastor, I need help in my breakthrough in my finances. Well, the first question I'm going to ask you is this. Are you a giver and a tither? Because the Bible says he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you. You won't have room enough to receive it. And if that's not in order, you can't expect your finances to be in order. Amen? I, there's times where people have come in and they tell me how much... Their life is a wreck. And I said, well, is there sin in your life? And if there is sin, how many of y'all know sin uh, separates us from God? Yeah. It separates us from God. And the wages of sin is what? It's death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so I'm saying this. I may not be good at those types of things. But I'll tell you this. Thank God for those people that have wisdom, those counselors and those people. Thank God for their help. But how many of y'all know the word of God is full of scriptures that help with emotions, of dealing with the blues. Amen? And uh, how many of y'all know he has the answers? And I believe one of the greatest antidotes that you can have uh, to dealing with the blues is this, joy. Everybody say joy. The Bible says it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in... Down in, I've got the, I need everybody singing right now. We're down in my heart to stay, and I'm so happy. 
happy. Now, let's just be honest. Can we just be honest right now? When you go to Walmart, joy is not prevalent. They're, they're singing, now I'm so crappy. So very crappy. Oh, Lord. Hey, are we just, hey, am I being honest? How many of y'all know we need more joy and happiness in the world today? We need more joy and we need more happiness. You guys get a C-plus on singing. I'm going to sing some more songs here at the end of the service, and we'll see how you guys do, all right? I'll go ahead and sing some worldly ones so you'll know it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, no, I'm kidding. But how many of y'all know, um, I, I believe this as a believer, joy should not be a thing that is rare. It should be a thing that is normal in your everyday life. It should not be rare. It should be an everyday normal occurrence. Everyday, not the exception. And I believe this, real joy is a great weapon against the blues. How many of y'all know sometimes we just need to have a perspective, again, that he's pulled us out of the miry clay and he set us on the rock to stand? That when nobody else forgave you, the Bible says, I'll forgive you as far as the east is from the west. When, nobody, when everybody else threw the towel in on you, he threw himself in there for you and pulled you out. Aren't you thankful that he, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son? Amen. And so I believe it's real joy is a great weapon against the blues. Nehemiah 8.10 says this, the joy of the Lord is our strength. You need it. You need joy in your life. In order for you to walk in victory, in order for you to have the strength to keep going, he said the antidote for strength is the joy of the Lord. And when you tap into the joy of the Lord, it's going to give you a strength to keep fighting the good fight of faith. It's going to give you the strength to not just say what you want to say. It's going to give you the strength not to just do what you want to do, but you've got to choose joy. How many of y'all being happy uh, can come and go? Circumstances, whether or not, you know, you kill the big buck or you win the video game or you land the girl. How many of y'all know circumstances come and go, but joy is something that's on the inside of you that no matter what has happened around me, no matter what situation that I'm in, no matter if they've walked out on me or walked in on me, is the point is this, that I'm going to live in joy no matter the circumstance of where I am in life. Come on, who's alive this morning? Are you hearing me? That's true joy. That's what joy is. Unspeakable and full of glory, the Bible says. So in order for you to walk in victory, you've got to have joy living in your heart. I say this scripture all the time. John 10 and verse 10 says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God comes to give life and life to the fullest. Life more abundantly. How many of y'all know, just I will say this with all confidence, and I'm not saying this out of faith. I'm just saying this because I'm seeing what I see here for the facts but honestly, the enemy is winning because he's stealing, he's killing, he's destroying people's joy in their lives. Isn't it, ama isn't it amazing how fast he can steal your joy? Some of y'all, it's way too easy. If I'm just being honest. It was like, if he knew it was that easy that, that, uh, back then, it would just be like, boom. How many of y'all know, it, it, some, for some of y'all, it's just a piece of cake. I'm just going to be honest. I'm looking at some of y'all right now. All right? But I, I, was look, I was thinking about some examples of this through the Word. And uh, how many of y'all know that the, the Word of God is full of examples of how easily the enemy is to steal the seed? 
And one of the greatest examples, I had several that I was going to share with you, but for time's sake, I'm not going to be here all day, but was Elijah. We all know in 1 Kings, when it sets up, when, when he comes onto the scene, he calls an audible and says, it's not going to rain for years in the land. He calls it. How many of y'all know when the prophet says that and it happens, you ought to hear from him because he's, he's a man of God. And so during that time, the raven comes and he, he uh, ministers to him in the brook there and he, he brings him food and, and water. Well, then he gets up from there. He goes to this widow's house and he says, hey, he just walks in like he owns the joint when I read it. He walks in and he says, hey, would you get me a glass of water in the middle of a drought? He says, go ahead and get me a glass of water. And you know what? Bring me some bread too. And he says, well, I was fixing a, all I have is one jar of oil and some flour. And I was going to make the last piece of bread for me and my son. And we're just going to die. And so uh, the, the Bible says, no, just go ahead and fix some. And, the, and, and I'm telling you a word of the Lord that, that God will sustain your oil and he'll sustain your flour and you'll live. And the Lord sustained it. How many of y'all know this is a man of God? And then the boy gets ill and she comes to him and says, hey, a plague has come on you. Have you cursed my home that you came in here? He said, your boy's not dead. He goes upstairs. He lays out a cross and prays for him. How many of y'all know Mark 16 says, these signs will follow him who believe he will lay hands on the sick and see them recover. So he lays out against him, breathes life into him. Power of God hits him and he comes alive, brings him downstairs and says, your boy's not dead. Oh, ye of little faith. Right? So then it goes on and he meets with Ahab the king. He has this wife named Jezebel. How many of y'all have ever heard of Jezebel? You know what I'm talking about? Amen. How many of y'all are sitting next to a Jezebel right now? Let me go ahead and see. Just kidding. Don't raise your hand. All right. <laughs> Can we have some fun this morning? Come on. <laughs> I don't know what I'd have done if somebody raised their hand. All right. Uh, anyways, he, he goes to him and Ahab says, you're the man of God that, that called all of this. And he said, no, you're the one that's got rid of all the gods of the, of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it's because of you and your actions. How many of y'all know leadership on a nation and their actions will pull from it raining on the land? That's a whole nother soapbox for a different time. So he says, no, you're the one who did this. And he said, I'll tell you what, meet me at Mount Carmel. And we know the showdown of Mount Carmel when he goes there. He says, you bring 400 prophets of Baal and 450 prophets of Asherah, and I'll tell you where to get them. They're sitting at the table with your wife right now. That's how evil she is. So they bring them, and he says, this is what's going to happen. He says, you have your altar, all of you 850 prophets, and I have my altar all by myself. He says, this is how it's going to go down. He said... I, we're going to bring in two cows. You have your cow over there, this cow over here, and um, I'll have mine over here. Uh, and you build an altar, and the one who brings down, who prays down fire, will know that that God is alive. So there's 850 of them. They dance around. They do all their rituals and different things. And then Elijah begins to make fun of them. He says, "Oh, they're probably trading cattle commodities right now. When they get back, they'll they'll come help you out and bring fire." They're probably on a cruise ship somewhere in Cozumel, sipping on margaritas as we speak. All right? So when they get back, they'll come and they'll bring fire down. It doesn't happen. In the middle of a drought, he says, this is what I want you to do. He gets 12 stones because of the 12 uh, uh, tribes of Israel. He builds that. Come on, you got to read this story. I'm just giving you some context of where this is. And uh, 12 stones... And he says, bring the calf in here, put it down. He builds a trench around it, and he says, bring me four pitchers of water in the middle of a drought. 
bring me four pitchers of water. And they pour it out. And he says, you know what? Bring me four pitchers. And they bring you four more pitchers. They pour it out. So now there's eight pitchers of water in this trench. He says, bring me one more. This is a typical preacher. You can't settle for just one offering. He has to have three. You can't laugh if you want to. <laughs> Not even a sympathy laugh, but I'm just saying. So he, he pours out another pitcher of water. And he calls, he calls upon the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when he does, fire comes down, and the Bible says it licks up all the water, the stones, the calf, everything. And they know what God is sitting, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. Come on, the first, the last, the author, and the finisher of our faith. Then they sacrificed all the prophets and said, you bunch of liars. He kills them all, and he calls Ahab, and he says, rain is coming because I sense, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Come on, I want to tell somebody right now, you may be in a place right now where you've gone through a drought. You keep seeking ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things to be added unto you. Why don't you say with your mouth, I can hear the, 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 the abundance, the sound of the abundance of rain coming over my land, coming over my family, coming over my health. Speak those things that aren't as though they were. So he says, Ahab, you better get your affairs in order and you better head to the city. He goes up on Mount Carmel. He goes up there. He says to his assistant, do you see anything? He says, no, I don't. He says, look again. Come on, I'm talking to somebody this morning. You may not see it with your eyes, but you need to look in your spirit just one more time. He says, look again, look again, look again, look again, look again. And he looks finally and he comes back and he says, prophet, he said, I see the size of a, I, the cloud of a man's hand. He knows it's coming. And so he picks up his dress Elijah picks up his dress and he runs to the gates of the city 20 miles and he beats the horse, the chariot on its way there. I'll just point this out. How many of y'all know Elijah is a man of God? Come on, I'm going to say that one more time. How many of y'all know Elijah is a man of God? He's also an athlete who can run. All right? He won the Olympics in Greece that particular year as well. But how many of y'all know the hand of God is upon him? Come on, how many of y'all know the hand of God is upon him? Yeah. Now we read in 1 Kings 19, right, this goes right on the scene. It says now. Everybody say now. Yeah. He's talking about like now when he just outran the chariot. Now when he called rain to come because he heard the abundance of rain. He's talking about like right now where he built a trench and fire came down from heaven and licked it all up. Like now when he raised the boy from the dead. He said now Ahab told Jezebel all Elijah had done. And he had killed all the prophets of Baal with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and even more, if by this time tomorrow I will not make your life like one of them. Listen to what the man of God does. And Elijah was afraid and arose and ran for his life. And he came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servants there. But he himself traveled a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came and sat down under a juniper tree and asked God that he might die. He said, it is, it is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. How many of y'all know, I will say this one more time, it's amazing how fast the enemy can steal our joy. How many of y'all know we've all been there? But how many of y'all know if God turned around for Elijah, God can turn it around for us? I'm going to say that one more time. How many of y'all know if God turned it around for Elijah, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? He can turn it around for us. And so how many of y'all know we need some solutions and not worldly ones? 
You know, the solution that the world would tell you is you need to make more money or you need to be more successful or you need to have more kids. That is a lie from the pit of hell. (laughs) Or maybe you need to have less kids. You need to go on vacation. You need to do whatever makes you happy. You need, you need to move somewhere. You need to move spouses. You need to move houses. You need to move bosses. You need to move jobs. You need to move this or move that. And when that doesn't work, you say, poor, 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 poor me. And then you say, poor, poor, poor me, one more drink. No, I'm being serious. And then alcohol abuse comes in. And then substance abuse comes in. Then there's relationship abuse that comes in. And then you're doing everything you can to numb the pain. When you are looking for a solution from the world, when we need a solution that comes from God's word. Psalm 1611 says this, you will show me the path of life. In my presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. How many of y'all want the path of life for you right now? I don't care how old you are. If you're 70 or 80 years old, you ought to lift your hand. I want the path of life that God has in store for me. Not the plan that I want for me, but I want the plan that God has. But he says, in order to get that, you've got to get in the presence of God, and joy will come over you. So I want to talk about some solutions this morning. I've preached this many times before. I don't want to be a part of the problem. I want to be a part of the solution. Pastor Brandy comes to me with a problem, and I give her a problem back. Now we have a bigger problem. But when she comes to me with a problem, and I have a solution, I counteract the problem that it has because of a solution. Can I tell you, the Word of God... Is full of solutions to our problems. So in order for me to walk in the presence of God, I've got to have the, or, or have the joy of the Lord over my life. I've got to walk in the presence of the Lord. In order for me to have strength, I've got to have joy. Because the joy of the Lord brings strength in my life. I'm going to give you some solutions, real practical. Number one is this. Don't chase after it. Simply choose it. Don't chase after it. Don't chase after joys. But you're going to have to choose it. If you have your Bibles, open them to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. We'll get there in just a second. But we live in a world and a society where in our Declaration of Independence, it says the pursuit of happiness. Everybody say pursuit of happiness. We have a desire as Americans, as people, to chase after things that make us happy. And if it doesn't make us happy, we'll change and we'll go find it somewhere else. I need a new boat. I need a new car. I need a new sports team. Right? Thou saith the Lord. First Peter, it says it somewhere in there. If you are a bandwagon fan and you root for the Kansas City Chiefs just because they won the Super Bowl, you will go to hell for that. <laughs> Amen. If you live in Texas, you root for the Dallas Cowboys. Come on. I'm getting like, you know they suck, right? <laughs> All right. I'm just saying. How many of y'all know we want new things? We want shiny things. Eventually, the Chiefs will start losing. All right? In Jesus' name, they will. And the Cowboys will start winning. But my point is this. We've got to choose it and not chase after it. Because joy is, is not circumstantial issue. It's not a circumstantial issue. It's a spiritual issue. You will never find a circumstance that fully satisfies you. You will never find a circumstance. Can I tell you, pastor in the church, I will never make a decision that makes everybody happy. During COVID, I made people mad. I made other people happy. Then I make another decision. The people that were happy are now mad, and the ones that were mad are now happy. You you can't please everyone, and sometimes you can't even please yourself. Are you hearing me this morning? 
That's why we got to dip into something that we choose. You know, I, I had you go to Philippians 4.13 because um, this is a big scripture that everybody knows. Even athletes in the NFL and NBA and NHL and MLB, they all quote this scripture. They may be lost as a ball in high weeds, but they know Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many of y'all have ever used this scripture before? I know I have. In sports, I would use it. You know, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, before I'd bench press, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, I've used it before standing in line at the DMV for two, two and a half hours. <laughs> Where you want to choke the life out of somebody? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Are, are you with me? All right? Me and Pastor Brandy, uh, one of our favorite pastimes, it's not really that way anymore, but we used to love the Black Friday shop. We'd go through Thanksgiving dinner, and about midnight, we'd really gear up. We'd dress in all black. I would pull a cover over my face, have the eyeballs, and we would get in the car, and we'd pray. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. If anybody gets in our way, we will take them out. If they have the last toy, we will tackle them, and we will walk through the checkout line with our stuff. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. How many of y'all have I've used it before with food? When I, we got, hey now, uh, for my birthday, Cindy brought me over some uh, banana pudding, and I had one last big dish of it, and it was, it, I was already full, and when I got to the last bite, and I'm like, I can't throw this out, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> and in high school, I had a buddy bet me, uh, there in Longmont, there came, um, uh, Krispy Kreme, and he bought a dozen of them. And I've always been able to put away a lot of food. My uncle used to say I'd rather clothe him than feed him. But uh, he brought over a, do a dozen do donuts. He said, can you do it? And I remember being on that last. I mean, y'all have ever seen it with the, the sign that's up, the fresh ones? Oh, man, that's how they were. And I was on the last one. I was on number 12, and I was like, I am going to throw up. But I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Come on, let's be spiritual about donuts right now. But how many of y'all know, I'm just going to be honest with you, we use this scripture way out of context. I'm just being for real. You can throw stones at me all you want to, but I, you really need to back up and see this. And I, I, what I love about, the, if you've never read the book of Philippians before, I would say, Pastor, would you agree with this, that the summary of this is living in joy even under the worst circumstances. And living in joy. That's what, that's what Paul is writing to them. And what I love in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. I love it that he reminds him. He said, and again I say rejoice. How many of y'all know you didn't forget to comb your hair this morning? You didn't forget to brush your teeth? You didn't forget but, uh, you know, how to get here? But there's some of you, when you came in the house of God and they started the first note, you forgot how good God has been to you. Because you're thinking about where you are right now. That's why he's saying, hey, let me remind you, rejoice in the Lord always in every circumstance, no matter what you're going through. And again, I'm going to have to remind you one more time, even in the same sentence. Again, I say rejoice. So then he goes on, context here. He says in verse 11, he says, not that I speak from need, for I have learned to be content. 
and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy, regardless of my circumstances. I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times, and I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret, whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need. We're studying the life of Saul or Paul on Wednesday nights, and we haven't got into this. But at this particular time in his life, we know this. He is in prison. He is behind bars. He is in an orange suit, eating soup and cold bananas. And he writes this and saying this, I don't care what situation or circumstance that you're going through. I've learned this, the, the, the art of being content, whether I'm well-fed or I'm hungry. Whether I have all that I need or I have nothing at all. I've learned I can do all things through Christ. He had been stoned. He had been shipwrecked. He had been bit by a viper. I don't know if at this point he had been or any of those things. He had had to swim to shore. He had been persecuted. He probably had hair missing out of his head. He had bruises all over his body. And he has said this, I've learned to be content. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, how many of y'all know sometimes we just have to have a perspective like you may have gone through some hard things. You may be in a rough patch right now, but at least you can have a perspective that, that listen, you haven't been shipwrecked. You haven't been abandoned. You may have people around you that are for you and not against you and want to build you up and encourage you and are, are with you. Come on. Sometimes we just need a perspective that I'm going to choose joy and not just chase after it. Are you hearing me this morning? Joy isn't, isn't about where you are or what you are going or where you are going. It's about what you're doing. Some of you are like, well, you know what I need is just I need a new season. No, what you need is a new spirit, a new mentality, and you need a new perspective. Here's the second one. Everybody say number two. Number two is this. What you say affects how you feel. Pastor, you say this all the time. I do because you don't listen to me. I read y'all's Facebooks, and I get discouraged, and I want to say something back, and I'd say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> Proverbs 18, 21 says this, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Well, Pastor, what does this mean? It means this, life, like a heart that's beating and alive and flourishing, and death in the grave, done, stick a nail in the coffin is in the power of your words. You can either talk yourself to life or you can talk yourself to death. Listen to this, Proverbs 12, 14. I wrote some down. For the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things. Listen, Proverbs 18, 20. It says, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. You know what this tells me? If I don't like the way my life tastes right now, I need to do a double check of my words. The circumstances that I'm facing have a lot to do with the words that I'm confessing. Well, pastor, I just like to keep it real. Well, can I tell you this? You're just going to have real bad fruit. Is it worth it? I, I went through a season back in the summertime in June where I just, I, I mean a hard one. I was healthy. My kids were healthy. But I just had all kinds of different things coming against me. I had some... Uh, situations with some people. I had a, a situation um, 
I had a really hard deal on a Sunday, right after church. It was really hard. I won't get into the details of that, but I'll tell you, it was heavy, heavy, heavy. Monday morning, I get a phone call from the DMV and says, are you the pastor? This is at 6 a.m. I've only had one cup of coffee. And he calls me and he says, uh, is this Pastor Verino of Life Church? I said, yes, it is. He said, um, well, I got a situation here. Could you come up here? And I said, yeah. So I come up to the church. Many of you all heard this story. But I come up to the church and uh, this police officer or this state trooper, I said DMV, state trooper is there and he says, are these your cows? And I said, no, I don't think so. And then I saw one and I said, oh, I think they are. Some people had rented the barn and they had left some cows back there. Well, they got in the road and had to hit a new BMW. It couldn't hit a hoopty. It hits a brand new BMW. All right? So then this guy who owns the BMW, he is breathing down our neck saying, you're going to fix this. And many of y'all know the story of how God redeemed it. Man, God gave me supernatural wisdom. He really did. He gave me supernatural wisdom because... I, I know this, in order for us to pay for this car and not take a hickey on our insurance, and God's called me, the pastor of this house, to be a good steward with the money that comes in here. And I wasn't about to be a bad steward and us just pay $60,000 or $70,000 for a car. But God gave me wisdom and God redeemed it. Come on, give God praise for that. Amen? Then many of you all know the story. On, on that same weekend, Friday night... And that was just a heavy week, all of that. I didn't get the solution to that till Thursday. But how many of y'all know God is always on time? Not in my timing. I needed it Monday, but on Thursday. His... And then Friday comes around. Have a great day laying in bed. Y'all know the story. Drunk driver runs into our home. Puts a hole in the side of our house. Not long after that, we, uh, so now we have a hole in the side of our house, but I'm telling you, I need to tell you, someday I'll tell you the rest of the story, but God redeemed all of that. God meant what meant was meant for evil. God turned around for good in all of it. It's such an amazing story of his grace and his mercy. But it was heavy. It was heavy. It was super heavy. Then we go on vacation. We're going to enjoy each other. I hit this little pothole in the Mexican food restaurant. We got the boat. I break some shackles underneath there, and it's like, Lord, have mercy. And it was on the tip of my tongue saying, if it ain't one thing, it's another. My granny used to say that. I'm just ready for this year to be over. Didn't she say that? I'm just ready for this year to be over. But I know this. Listen to me. Listen to me. I learned a long time ago, thank for godly men, mom and dad in my life. I knew this. If I said it, then it would get in my heart. It may be going all around me, and it may be the facts that it's going on. But if I say it out of my mouth, it's going to get in my heart. When it gets inside of my heart, now it's going to affect my kids. It's going to affect my wife. And you realize there's some of you out there that just because it's going on at work doesn't mean that it has to happen inside of your wife. But when you begin to speak it, it gets deep down on the inside of you. Come on, I'm speaking to someone this morning. You may not want to say amen, but it's a good time to. Speaking the language of life is not being fake. It's being faithful. Some of y'all, you need to learn a new language. When I was 16 years old, I was in a band called uh, Audience of One. And we went to some Damata schools over in the Netherlands. And... uh, there was this boy there that I really got connected to in the Demata School with Mark Brzee Ministries. And he said, I want to come to America, spend two weeks with you. Well, I was still in high school in Longmont, Colorado. And so he comes down, spends two weeks with my family, and we go to a, uh, a Rockies game at Coors Field. And we are there, and, uh, and the, the sound comes on. Da-da-da-da-da-da. 
All right, this boy's from the Netherlands. He's Dutch. He's sitting in a scene, and he goes, da 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 He stands up and goes, I'm Falloon. Everybody looks around at him like, what in the world? I mean, isn't that something? I always remember that because I'm like, unfaloon in charge. Oh, my Lord. Isn't that, that amazingly different? But my whole point is this. He didn't care what environment he was in. He didn't care what circumstances he was in. He stuck to what he knew. And how many of y'all know we need to stick to what we know? And that's words of faith, standing in the gap, speaking those things that aren't as though they were. Are you hearing me this morning? So I may be in a bad place and yet be yelling, I'm Falloon. Y'all just bear with me because I'm standing in the gap. I'm standing in faith. Come on, we don't need Rosetta Stone. We need the Word of God. Are you hearing me this morning? We don't need Rosetta Stone. We need the Word of God. Here's number three. There's only one more after that. If you're new here, my favorite scripture is, Blessed is the short-winded preacher, for he shall be asked to return. Are you ready? Number three. Number three, are you ready? You've got to learn to change the atmosphere. Now, those of you that have been under this ministry a couple years ago, God gave me a word about digging a ditch. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But in Isaiah 61 and verse 3, I'm talking about worship right now. Worship will change the atmosphere in your life. And it says this. It says, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, garment of praise for the spirit of heaven, they may be. Am I going in and out here? Obi Odigato. It says, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. How many of y'all know there is a spirit of heaviness in the world today? But he says, to overcome the spirit of heaviness that's on you, you've got to put on a garment of praise. Uh, the story that I'm talking about is 2 Kings. And there is one king that's gone, gone away from the things of God. And there is the king of Israel, the king of Judah. Uh, and one more king. But it's in 2 Kings chapter 3. And this is how it goes. He says, we are go up against the guy that's going against the Lord. And the only way, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, he speaks up. And he says, the only way that we can go is through the wilderness. And as they're going through the wilderness, they have no water. They have no food for their cows or food for their horses. And he says, we got to stop at this town because there is a man by the name of Elisha that poured water on the hands of Elijah. He'll hear from God, and he will give us an answer. So they go through the wilderness. They go to Elisha's house. Elisha smarts off to him says, I won't give you the time of day. You know what? I'm going to hear from God. He says, bring me a musician. That musician begins to play that note, and the word of the Lord speaks to him, and he says, I want you to fill this valley full of ditches, and water supernaturally fills up the ground for not only nutrients from the ground for horses and cattle, but water for them to drink as well. That's the miracle what happened, but the whole point is this. They needed a miracle from God. Some of y'all need a miracle from God inside of your head. You need a miracle from God into your emotions. You are captivated by the blues and you need joy in you what i encourage you is this you change the atmosphere and you get in the presence of god are you hearing me this morning psalm 22 and verse 3 says god inhabits the praises of his people that tells me this that the habitat of god is where the people of god are praising how awesome would it be is if we as the people of god in unity would praise the lord he would build a habitat where praises happen 
So think about this. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Psalm 22 and verse 3 says, God inhabits the praises inhabits the praises of his people that tells me this worship connects us to joy are you hearing me this morning how many y'all know worship will change your mood like if you're driving and somebody cuts you off the last thing you need to do is put rage against the machine on it's like oh you know what thou saith the lord i need to listen to lincoln park right now how many y'all know you will be a terrible driver even worse but how many of y'all know if somebody pulls you over or, the, or whatever circumstance it is and you just get in the presence of God, I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. The Bible tells us this in Psalm 34. It tells us this. It says, magnify the Lord with me and we will exalt his name forever. You know what many of us do? I got a magnifying glass right here. We look at the problem. We look at our marriage, and we speak to our marriage. We speak negative about our bills. We speak negative about the circumstances that we're going through. We speak negative about our health. We speak negative about things. But he said, magnify the Lord with me, and we will exalt his name forever. You know what worship does? It connects you. It stops you from here, and it puts you right here. How many of y'all know my God is bigger, my God is better, my God is, come on, no matter what circumstance you're going through, you might say, you know what, but my bills, but he says, magnify the Lord with me. He says, I will supply all of your needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You might want to say, but my health, 1 Peter 2.24 says that by your stripes I am healed. Isaiah 53 and verse 5 says the chastisement of your peace was upon me and that by your stripes I am healed. The Bible says in Psalm 103 and verse 3 that he heals all diseases. And Psalm 107 verse 20 says uh, he sent his word and he healed me and delivered me from all destruction. Come on, let's stay right here. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, he will keep his angels charge over me. Keep me in all my ways that no evil befalls me. No weapon born against me shall prosper. I will trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways acknowledge him and he will direct my path. Amen? I will hear the word of the Lord behind me that says this is the way walk in it, whether it be to the right or be to the left. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He will not, uh, um, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Come on, this is magnifying the Lord right here. This is magnifying the Lord. This is magnifying the Lord. And when you magnify the Lord, I can't, I can't explain it. I can't even contain it. I can't even begin to describe to you a joy that will overcome you. That if God was there for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he will be there for me today. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come on, if he was there for Joshua to get across the Jordan and defeat Jericho, he will be there for me. It's a joy that you can't explain. That I may be in a circumstance that I don't get that wants to put me in the blues. But I'm going to choose joy. I'm not going to chase joy. I'm going to choose joy. My speech is going to reflect that I'm choosing joy. Come on. Are you hearing me this morning? I'm going to change the atmosphere. I'm going to get in the presence of God. And here's the last one. Happiness can't be the goal. 
Can I just be real honest with you this? Joy can't even be the goal. Happiness can't be the goal. Joy can't be the goal. Can I tell you what joy is? Joy is a result of you chasing after something else. In John chapter 15, I want us to read this together. John chapter 15. We all know this scripture. I love it. Because in Galatians chapter 5, those of you that were here last week, he talks about the fruit of the Spirit, which is love and love and love and love and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. These are fruit of the Spirit. Fruit, like fruit that's produced, like orange, you're glad you love Jesus. Orange, you're glad he loves you. He's a peachy king savior now. I'm glad I'm not blueberry blue. His power makes me bananas. I'm the apple of his eye. It's a pear and lead clear in his word. He's raising us when he dies. Okay? That kind of fruit. Fruit comes from trees. Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. But you've got to be connected to a vine that produces this. And Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from the vital union with me, you can do nothing. It says, if a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. If you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts. Ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. Look at there. My words remain in you. When you bear, produce much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified. And you show and prove yourself to be true followers of mine. Verse 10. I have loved you as the Father has loved me. Abide in my love. Continue in his love with me. No, this is verse 10. If you keep my commandments... If you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and live on in his love. And then verse 11, I love it. I've told you these things that my joy. Everybody say joy. Joy. Come on, everybody say joy. It says that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy and gladness may be a full measure and complete and overflowing. You know what the answer to this is this? You want, you want joy? You got to remain in Jesus. Come on, let's make decisions. Is this, you know, I love the bracelet. What would Jesus do? Come on, how many of y'all know? We need to act like Jesus, talk like Jesus, do things like Jesus. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Come on, there's something about. I've got the joy Joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Well, if if Jesus is in your heart, Jesus in your heart, you can walk in joy. How many of y'all know that we're living in a time and day today that we've got to walk in joy? The main pursuit of your life has to be Jesus. You want joy? Get close to Jesus. You want joy? Get close to Jesus. You want joy? Get close to Jesus. To Jesus. Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. I'm coming to a close. How many of y'all know we need to get close to Jesus? 
How many of y'all got something out of the word today? I hope you did. Many of y'all look like zombies on this uh, time change morning. I'm going to leave it with this. Hear me out. Don't chase after it. Choose it. This day, today, can I tell you, as soon as you go out the door, you're going to have to make a choice. Like when your kids get in the car and they start fighting with one another and they start, you know, they want to bring that drama in there. Oh, your kids don't do that? Maybe it's only mine. All right. How many of y'all know we as a mom and dad, we're going to have to choose joy? Come on, let's speak life this week inside of our living room. We're not going to speak what we feel. We're going we're, we're to choose. We're, we're not going to fake it. We're just going to be faithful. Someone inside of our kitchen said this. They said, well, I'm just going to deal with my allergies today. We pranced, pranced on this kid like a spider monkey. No, you are not. No, you are not. Let's speak life in the bin at home. Those things that aren't as though they were. Aren't we going to speak life in the bin at home, Addison? All right. I'm not going to tell him that you were the one that said that, okay? Here's the, here's the next one. Change the atmosphere. You know, as easy as you can say to Alexa, hey, play Biggie Smalls. I don't know that why you would, but I'm just saying, I'm trying to reach the whole crowd. Hey, play Waylon Jennings, right? You could say, hey, play Won't Stop Now. Or, or play uh, He's Still. No, not Achy Break Your Heart. Shut up, JC. This is my message. Come on, you can tell Alexa, change the atmosphere. Change the atmosphere. Change the atmosphere. And if Alexa's not there, you can change the atmosphere. You're like, Pastor, I sing bad. He inhabits the praises of his people. Sing, sing off key. I don't care, but just sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord a new song. The last one is this. Remember this. Remain in Jesus. Come on, remain in Jesus. Come on, how many of y'all going to make the decision today? If I'm going to overcome the blues, I've got to remain in the Lord. I've got to remain in the Lord. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you're out there and you say, you know what, I'm not remaining in the vine. I'm away from God. Maybe a problem in your life is what we call sin. The Bible tells us it separates us from God. The Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. In order to take care of sin, something has to die. And the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So he sent his son. He paid the penalty. He paid, the Bible says, paid in full your debt, your sin. He sent his son to die for you and me. The solution is Jesus to your problem. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that he died, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again, he'd come live on the inside of you. You say, Pastor, I'm separated from God. I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. Today, because of the problem in your life and the solution that is Jesus, what you need to do is this. You need to commit your life to him. You need to confess with your mouth. 
Now it's on you of getting that right. So if you're out there and you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm away from God, but I need to get things right with him today. Or maybe you're out there and you say, you know what? I've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life, but today I want to make the decision to ask him to come live on the inside of me. If that's you today, just lift your hand and say, you know what, I'm being, I'm, 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 that's me. Who is that? Lift your hand if you're away from God. Praise God. Is there anybody? Nobody? Amen. Look at me. Look at me. Believers. Can I just be real with you? Joy should not be rare. Joy should be every day. Don't leave here and I am so crappy. <laughs> leave here and say, I am so happy. Like you may have had some big changes in your life. Where it's like, I miss this or I miss that. I miss this and I miss that. Hey, listen to me. He's still on the throne. You're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. God's going to use you to open the eyes of many others. Come on. Let's tap into the joy of the Lord and let it be our strength. Amen. Come on, give God praise. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.